0: Guys, we're here to talk about the last team in the team review series, the Milwaukee Bucks, Michael Bolton. Let's get to it, to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We've done 29 season review shows so far. There's one to go. That one team is the Milwaukee Bucks. I hope you guys have enjoyed these shows. It's always a good way, you know, I find it, especially if, you know, for myself, and I hope you guys enjoy it too. Just to look back, remember what happened with the team, talk about you know, what happened, what went wrong, what went right, whether that's repeatable, before we really you know, transition our minds into next season, which is what we're going to start to do following on from today's podcast. Tomorrow's show is an NBA mock draft, my fifth mock draft of this draft season, which has gone all the way back since uh, March, I think April, actually, I started draft content. Fifth mock draft tomorrow, and then it's going to be all NBA draft all the time as we crack in, ready for the NBA draft, and then uh, the quick turnaround for free agency and the NBA season after that. You're gonna, you're think gonna hate that mock draft tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to everybody's negative responses. It's gonna be awesome. All right, let's uh, let's talk Milwaukee Bucks. Let's look at questions you guys had about this team, and we'll start over on the Discord server. B-dub says, which available free agents would you be targeting as the Bucs GM this offseason? Which of their currently rostered players are expendable? It's a really tough question for this, um, this Bucs team because we know that they were awesome. They were almost unbeatable during the regular season and then uh, playoffs came and it wasn't great. Yes, Giannis did get injured, but I think there were rightful criticisms of Mike Budenholzer in the playoffs as seems to happen every year. And you know when your best players just aren't playing enough, it's a real concern. Yanni played 31 minutes only. Bledsoe played under 30 minutes a night. I think these guys just needed to play more. We didn't need you know 17 Pack Conerton minutes and 12 Kyle Korver minutes every game. And I think that was a real problem with how this team, with how this team went about it in the playoffs. And it's been a consistent problem when talking about Budenholzer and Budenholzer teams throughout his career in that he just refuses to push those players and get that extra gear uh, going in the, um, in the playoffs. In terms of what, what they need, um, well, I don't think we can rely upon you know, a, a ridiculous shooting season from George Hill again. So you do look for an upgrade at point guard. We've heard they've been in the mix with Chris Paul. I think that would be a brilliant fit on this squad just to get an extra guy in there who's a better distributor. Bledsoe's really, really good defensively. um, And he's a pretty good point guard, but he's not Chris Paul in terms of his ability to run an offense. So someone like Chris Paul would be awesome, but that's not really answering the question because he's not a, a, a free agent. I wouldn't hate... Trying as purely as a backup, Hassan Whiteside, just to come in and be that backup center type. Um, You don't have to play much, 15 minutes a night, 12 minutes a night, whatever. I don't think he'd uh, accept that role, but I think that would work okay. I wouldn't hate um, Danilo Gallinari. In fact, I'd really like that. I think Gallinari works on a lot of these teams. I think he'd be a pretty strong fit to bring in. I reckon you could get him, considering he said that he wants to work towards a championship, I reckon you could get him at a cheaper price. Uh, He would work really well, a shooting four, a guy that can play the three at times as well, interchange with Yanni, Chris Middleton. Go small with Giannis at center and uh, Gallinari at the four. I think he is probably the one that I'd be super interested in uh, in bringing in. Um, Another name that I might look at for just a rotation wing piece to replace those Connaughton minutes is someone like Kent Bazemore, some really strong defensive wing play who can pass somewhat also. Uh, His shooting was a little bit rough, but he's another name. But ideally, you're looking probably more at the trade market than you are looking at free agency. Dazza006 says, if Wes Matthews is allowed to leave, what's more likely, further veteran help to make Giannis happy or Dante DiVincenzo promoted to the starting shooting guard role? Now, DiVincenzo was awesome during the regular season. His playoffs were not ideal. They were underwhelming. He played only 17 minutes a night, and he just wasn't the same in those playoffs. Um, Wes Matthews has a player option for this coming season. So, Realistically, it's up to him yeah, what he decides to do, $2.7 million, He should be able to get more than that on the open market. I would imagine they would bring Wes back, to be honest, for one more season just to provide that low-usage defensive player there. I think we can see Dante's role increase, and if Wes doesn't return, it is hard to find who that other player would be out on the free agent market who can fill that role in a similar in a similar vein, like a guy like Bazemore is sort of similar to Wes Matthews, but he's not as good, and you probably want to give Dante DiVincenzo that role. And Jordan Clarkson, who's an unrestricted free agent, doesn't provide the same level of play, although he'd be an interesting fit on the second unit, I think, with this team you got other you know, players like Courtney Lee who are like Wes Matthews analogs, but are worse. And again, I, I'd rather DiVincenzo probably move into that role. Um, a Mo Harkless would be an intriguing one. He's probably more of a four than a, than a two, three that, uh, that Matthews is. so maybe that doesn't quite fit in that area. And then yeah, you've got other guys like Etuan Moores who, again, probably DiVincenzo is going to be a better option. So I do think if Matthews does decide to go elsewhere, they would look to promote Dante into that role. Um, Joe Buck says, if you knew that Yanni was re-signing for five years and you were the GM, what would you do in regards to the coach? Would you stay the course or would you mix it up? It's a good question because you, you don't want to piss under Kumpo off. If he wants Budenholzer to stay, you don't fire him necessarily. But if Yanni signs that supermax and then you, you know, have to make that decision on Budenholzer, I think I give Budenholzer one more go, but this is multiple years of this. This is Atlanta seasons. This is two years in Milwaukee of aren't being unable to elevate his team in the playoffs. Unbelievably good regular season coach taking them to being the best team in the NBA comfortably. But not having that, I don't even know what it is. The stubbornness not to increase the players' minutes is a frustration. I would be laying down that law to him and I'd be saying, look, this is you need to do this. Like you need to play these guys forty minutes a night, thirty-eight minutes a night. When you're getting beaten in the playoffs against good teams, you need to do it. You need to be more adaptable. And this is it. This is the last chance. Because um, his regular season play is, is no worries. There's no problem with that. It's more just that playoff uh, playoff adaptation. So I think I would keep him for one more year and then make that decision from there. Matt Lawson says, "Are you buying or selling these Bucks dynasty ADPs? Yanni at two point eight. Well, Yanni's an interesting one because." He was the 14th ranked player. And it is really important to note, as I I do all the time, is that rankings, I do talk about them on here, but they shouldn't be something that is guiding every decision that you make. Because in in fantasy basketball, it's all about fit and it's about the way that you build a team. Now, I, I do like to look at things from a perspective of if you get every player's categories, their eight categories, and you subtract their worst category and then rank players that way, I think that's probably a more ideal way to work out what a player's actual value is. And Yanni, in that situation, moves from the 14th ranked player to the third ranked player. If you get him, you're punting free throws. If his free throws improve, awesome, well done, unbelievable, that's fantastic, that's great. That's just an extra bonus, but you just go in assuming that they're not going to get better or they're going to be a significant drag. And then people will often say that, oh, if you're punting, yeah, what happens if you get someone then who's a good free throw shooter? Who gives a shit? It it doesn't actually matter if you are punting free throws and you get someone who's a good free throw shooter. So if you get Ben Simmons and Yanni and Andre Drummond and they all become magically 80% free throw shooters, well, then you just became even more unbeatable than you probably were beforehand. So Yanni moved up from 14 to three in those rankings. So that dynasty ADP of 2.8, No problem. I think that's about right. Luca's probably at one. Anthony Davis probably at two. And Yani probably at three. I think that's probably how these, uh, and Zion probably up in in that mix too, but he hasn't proven it yet. Yanni is just about to turn 26. So you've got four years, probably five years left at the close to this level. Uh, No reason that you should be uh, overthinking it there at 2.8. Chris Middleton at 55. Um, He was the 32nd ranked player this year. 55 seems ridiculously low. And he is 30 years of age. So he's not, he's 29 years of age, but... Why are we going so low on Middleton there? He played under 30 minutes a night. If he plays 32 minutes a night in the regular season, well, then does he become a top 25 player? Who We know he's an elite shooter. He can pass, he can rebound, he can get some steals, and he can actually get steals in higher quantities than he got them this year as well. I think that's a real bargain there at 55 for uh, for Middleton. Brook Lopez at 106. Lopez was the 65th ranked player this year, but the age is a problem, 32 and a half years of age. He played 27 minutes. The value there is really coming on the back of blocks. I think that's about right. I don't think it's value. I don't think it's overpay. Uh, Bledsoe at 115. Again, I think we're really... People hate Eric Bledsoe. He played 27 minutes a night and he was the 79th ranked player. I would absolutely be okay with him at 115 for a couple more years. It might only be one or two years, but I think, again, in a a win-now team, that works out. Di Vincenzo, the big ragu at 122. Dante was 131 this year. He played 23 minutes and he's 23 years of age. I would buy that every day. I think he's got absolute top 60 upside, a steals, a scoring, a three and a assist guy with some solid efficiency. I really like Di Vincenzo moving forward. It might take a couple of years, but he's 23 years of age and he's already at that level. And George Hill at 306. Well, George Hill was 165th ranked player this year. That's a surprise to be sure. A surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. But he did it on the back of 52% shooting, including 46% from three. There is no way that that is continuing. He's 35 years of age. I think 305 is probably about right. If you're in a win now mode, you go a little bit higher on George. You can take him at 220, 230. He's probably got one year left at that level. And actually that's not even true because at that level, he's not going to maintain that shooting. And Matt Chilson, how much would Buck's defensive stats be effective if Bud moves away from from a much more conservative um, drop Defense, well, we know that these Bucks players, they just, they don't get steals. The only player who had over one steal per game was DiVincenzo at 1.3. All right, so Giannis got one, Middleton 0.9, Lopez 0.7, Bledsoe 0.9. These are not high steal numbers because he played that conservative type type defense. Now, their their block numbers are pretty good. Gianni getting a block a game and Lopez getting a 2.4. But there is an opportunity there if they, say they played a Jim Boylan style, which I wouldn't recommend because Jim Boylan's trash, then all those steal numbers could absolutely go through the roof. And that is obviously having an impact on their value, but they're still, they had four top 80 players. I don't think we need to worry too much about their fantasy value, but you're right. If he did become a little bit more aggressive and saw those steals bump up, you could easily get big, big jumps in the value of a lot of these uh, Milwaukee Bucks players. If you're looking to get a bump in the value of your car parts and you're looking to fix your car yourself, rockauto.com is the place that you go to. Don't go into your local auto store, the bloke behind the counter. He doesn't have all the parts on hand. It's impossible. There's so many makes and models and parts for cars. He can't have them all there. He's got to type it into his computer and he's got to make sure he overcharges you as well. And then he's got to order the part in. With rockauto.com, the prices are are reliably low and they're the same for professionals and for do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. rockauto.com catalog is unique and it's remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer rockauto.com, see the parts available for your car and truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, um, other questions. Let's uh, let's crack over and see what's happening on Insta um, with the questions that you guys sent through there. There weren't many questions coming through from the Bucks, but MKO seven point seven says, "Do you think Divincenzo can crack the top sixty next year?" I think that he can at some point. I don't think it's going to be next year, and there is absolutely zero chance that you draft him in that area. You just you pick him at pick one hundred and ten, and then you hope that he jumps up. I don't think that it's realistic to expect him to be at that level. Um, will Giannis from Geraldine will um, Giannis leave or stay and do they move Middleton for like Drew Holiday well, I don't know why they would move Middleton for Drew Holiday when Middleton is the better player at this point um, will Giannis stay I I do think he will stay but I'm not as convinced as I was say three months ago but I do believe that Gianni will stay and, and I would say there's almost zero chance of him being traded at all this offseason or this season There, if he does decide to leave they'll just let his contract expire would be my guess Uh, Dream float high. Will Bledsoe bounce back or is he kind of looking more like a 26 to 28 minute a night player? That's kind of how he's looking at this stage, 27 minutes a night this last season. He can handle more. And if he played 32 a night, he would be a top 40 player without any hesitation. I'm not banking on a bounce back from him with DiVincenzo and Hill taking some of those ball handling loads. But if those guys get hurt and he plays 30 minutes a night, he will be a value player. So I'm still in on Bledsoe in those mid-round areas, round six, round seven. But I wouldn't be expecting 32 minutes a night or 31 minutes a night. No one plays those minutes for the Bucs in general. And Bledsoe seems to be given the short end of the stick majority of the time by boot Holzer in those rotations. All right. Uh, does DiVincenzo have it in him to score 20 points per game with two and a half threes, four assists, and 1.5 steals? Two point five threes, yes. Four assists, yes. One point five steals, absolutely. Twenty points per game. I'm a little, I'm a little uh, dubious of him scoring that much. He had an eighteen percent usage this year and a true shooting of fifty six percent. They're all pretty solid numbers, but he averaged nine points. Twenty points is a long way to get to. Seventeen. 16, yeah, maybe, but I think 20 is probably pushing it. All those other numbers seem realistic, but he is a he is a quite a good player. I just think that's probably pushing it just a little bit too far at this stage for uh, for the big ragu. All right, I don't think you guys had many questions over on Twitter, but we will have a uh, we will have a look and see what we can um we'll see what we can find there with uh with them. Oh, Let's have a look. All right. No no Twitter questions today. So the, let's let's move straight into uh to talking about these players in more detail. Um nobody nobody has any questions about the Bucs. I thought there'd be way more questions about this team, but I guess there are just so many older players on this team that there's not that much fantasy interest in them outside of the top level. Um, Yanni. Let's start with Antetokounmpo, who was, as I said, the 14th ranked player, but that is top five-ish. We're talking as an option if you're punting free throws. He averaged 30 points with 14 boards and almost six assists with a steal, a block, and 1.4 threes. He still only shot 30% from deep, but his true shooting was at 61% because he's unbelievable field goal percentage. His best fantasy category was actually his rebounding. He is His second one was his field goal percentage and third was points. So really interesting numbers there from Decumpo. Could he get back to being a 33% three-point shooter? I don't think that's wild. He also only averaged 30 minutes a night. Uh, the 63% from the line is obviously the concern, but that's what we're taking into account when we're punting that category. In the playoffs, Yanni was only the 27th ranked player in large part again, because he shot 58% from the line, but also his defensive numbers dropped and his scoring dropped. He averaged only 27 points per game with the 14 rebounds and five and a half assists. So those numbers were the same. Defensive numbers fell off and then his um, scoring and free throw percentage fell off as well. So I think he's fine to draft in that top area. And in points leagues, his value is in that top five as well. You just have to understand that you are punting free throws. Maybe he gets better in that category. Maybe he's a 72% shooter. But if he is a 72% shooter and he's still taking 10 free throws per game, it's going to be hard to try and recover from that when an average mean type area for free throw percentage is like 80, 81. So you're a fair way off that at that large of a volume. PIPM, monster, 9.05. Raptor, 8.8 is huge. Usage at 38%. He's 26 years of age. There's no reason for him not to be able to continue. And if he plays an extra minute, which I don't really think he will, but if he plays 32 a night, then he's going to be in that discussion maybe for the number one spot in a punt free throw build, of course. But Yanni Antetokounmpo, really, really strong season and deserved his second straight MVP. Next up is Chris Middleton, the 32nd ranked player. I didn't expect Middleton to be this good. His ADP was 45 this year, and he stepped it up despite playing under 30 minutes because his shooting was unbelievable. 50 from the field, 42 from three, and 92 from the free throw line. He averaged 21, six, and four with 2.43s and 0.9 steals. So as I said before, like really some scope for him to improve those steals because he was before Budenholz arrived. And this is a good illustration. The four seasons before Budenholz arrived, 1.5, 1.7, 1.4, 1.5 steals. The last two years, one and 0.9 steals. So Big, big difference in those numbers, but he was able to go from being the 57th ranked player to the 35th ranked player. How did he do that? Well, his field goal percentage went from 44 up to 50. That's really the change. And that then improved his uh, three-pointers made. It improved his overall scoring as well. So that is the big factor there in why he was able to become as good as he was. He also jumped his free throw percentage up by six, uh, six percentage points. So some big shooting numbers. Now, if they come back, if they regress at all, then you're not going to be getting him in that 35 uh, zone. So he's got a a lot of um, area to change. Because instead of 30 minutes a night, if he plays 33 minutes a night, then a lot of the raw numbers increase. But if the... If he plays 30 minutes a night and the 48% comes down to 45%, then he drops 25 spots. So there is probably a 30-spot ranking range for Chris Middleton in being a back or an early third-round pick versus a late fifth-round pick, I think is probably realistic. And it is hard to get a full grasp on that, but just realize that that is the difference there. And what's more likely, for that shooting to come back four percentage points or for him to play an extra three minutes? I would say it's probably the shooting numbers dropping off. Big PIPM and big Raptor again. 62 true shooting is massive on 26 usage. He was really good. And as I said before, he's not that old. He's um he's just turned 29. So he's got a couple of years at least left at close to this level. Next up is Brook Lopez, the 65th ranked player. 1.9 Raptor, 3.44 PIPM with a 55 true shooting. Average just 12 points at under five rebounds because Giannis grabs all the rebounds, but it's 2.4 blocks, 1.5 threes. He has fallen off as a three-point shooter, just 31% from deep. He's still taking them, and that is impacting his field goal percentage, it's 44%, but an elite free throw percentage guy. But realistically, Brook Lopez is a guy that gets you blocks. That's where the value is. He gets you blocks and not, nothing else. So. If 2.4 blocks go to 1.9 blocks, then he probably tumbles outside the top 100. So I would have... And his ADP was 56, which was laughable at that point. Um, he, He wasn't far off, but he didn't make that number. But you don't want to take a guy at age 32, 31... Uh, at that level and expect him to replicate numbers. I think again, we're probably gonna push him into the 80s with the expectation that maybe he falls out of the top 100 depending on what that block number does. And when your value is so highly dependent on one category, a small fall there relates to a large fall in rankings. And especially with those low volume stats, which is exactly what blocks are. Next up, we look at Eric Bledsoe, the 79th ranked player. 27 minutes, 15 points, 4.7 rebounds, and 5.5 and assists. But he was a guy who was able to be a top 30 player in the past because of high steal numbers. And they have fallen off completely. 34% from the field or from three is not terrible. 47 from the field is pretty strong. 79 from the line is okay, but going from like 1.5, 1.6 deals to 0.9 is where you lose that value. If for some reason the steal numbers come back up, unlikely in Budenholz's system, then he jumps back into that area. I think he's still safe as a sixth or seventh round guy who will play 27, maybe pushes to 29 minutes and be really solid in most of those other categories. And some of his playoff failures do really lead to him being underdrafted in fantasy. But in saying that, he played 30 minutes in the playoffs. He averaged 12, four and a half and six with 1.2 steals. He just didn't shoot very well, 25% from three. So he wasn't a complete disaster in the playoffs. I think that people would prefer him to be better. Now, of course, if Chris Paul comes in, I don't know where that means Bledsoe goes, but it could also mean great value for him. He's 31 years of age. Maybe he goes to another team where instead of playing 27 minutes, he plays 31 minutes. And he goes back and gets 1.6 steals and averages 17, 5, and 6. And that easily puts him in the top 40. So there is some real scope for Bledsoe to get better numbers. Uh, The Big Ragu, 131 ranked player, 1.95 PIPM, 3.1 Raptor, really high numbers for DiVincenzo, 56 true shooting. A large part of that is his defensive play and his steal numbers. That's why he was 131st ranked fantasy player with 1.3 steals. He averages nine points, 1.3 triples and five rebounds, shot 46 and 73 for a true shooting of 57%. He can be a better three-point shooter. He was at 34% this year. No reason he can't be a 38% three-point shooter and be a 21% usage guy. An analog to me for his offensive game is probably a, a worse Luke Kennard, a guy that can take that level of usage with that sort of ball handling, hit threes at maybe not quite Canard's level, but also can bring some defense and some defensive numbers. So that's why I think he can probably get at some point to being a top 60 player in a few years' time. We're not there yet. Um, I think we're probably two years away from that for DiVincenzo. I'm not sure they'll force him into a 30-minute role this coming season, but I think we're looking at probably the year after that the Big Ragu steps up and becomes a really solid fantasy. guy. I think he's going to be a standard league draftable player this year. And he's going to be the guy, instead of 23, maybe he plays 24 or 25 minutes, and he gets 11, 11 points with 1.5 steals. And that still has value, but I wouldn't expect a huge breakout. But it's it's obviously not out of the realms of possibility for uh, DiVincenzo to do that. Um, George Hill, 165th-ranked player. Don't buy this at all. 22 minutes and nine, nine and a night, 9.5 points, 1.43s. He shot 46% from three. overall. His best fantasy category was his field goal percentage. His second best was his free throw percentage. He won't be this level of shooter. Nobody can maintain 46% shooting from three. The three assists are interesting for deeper leagues, for assists. But again, he's 34 years of age. The advance numbers are unbelievable. True shooting, 66. Raptor, 3.1. Pipm 1.32. But banking on that from George Hill is impossible to me. Now, if Bledsoe is traded or is hurt or the replacement comes in is hurt and George Hill has to play, then that steady percentages with nice assist numbers, they have short-term fantasy utility, but you're not relying upon George Hill to play 26, 27, 28 minutes a night and be this player consistently. He was awesome for this team. He played 27 minutes a night in the playoffs, but he hit just 36% of his three. So we saw that drop-off come come to fruition, I guess, in those playoff games, because it just is a number that is unrealistic to continue. Marvin Williams, the 261st ranked player. Most of you know he his season was played with Charlotte. He's an unrestricted free agent. He's 34 as well, 20 minutes a night. He he was being drafted in standard leagues this last season. I have no idea why. He averaged six points, 0.6 steals, 0.5 blocks. Uh, who knows where he's going to go? Actually, now that I remember, now that I think about it, didn't. I'm pretty sure he retired. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Marvin Williams retired. Let me just uh it's so long ago, but I feel like he, I feel like he retired. Let's have a look. Um, yes, he did. So there you go. Marvin Williams retired. I don't know why that just came to me then. Um, so he he won't be back obviously next season with this team. Yeah, move on. Pat Connaughton, who is an unrestricted free agent. Um, he was the two hundred eighty third ranked player, negative one point two nine PIPM and 0.7 RAP. That I thought he was overplayed in the playoffs. Uh, Connaughton played 17 minutes a night, averaged four points, shot 43% from the field. I'm not really sure at this point what he does well. He averaged five points in the regular season in 19 minutes with half a steal and half a block on a true shooting of 55%, sorry, 56%. Like these aren't spectacularly good numbers. Um... I just, I just don't see it for him realistically to be any sort of contributor that can ever be a top one, a top two hundred fantasy player. I think he's you know, twenty eight years of age. He could go to teams that need some wing help and provide adequate defense with sort of adequate shooting. But there's absolutely nothing that gets me excited for long term boost in his value. Ersan Ilyasova, the two hundred and ninety first ranked player. For this season, he has a seven million dollar non-guaranteed deal. We saw him out of the rotation at times this year when Williams was there and Robin Lopez was playing. Now Williams has retired, of course. We don't know what's happening with Robin Lopez, who has a five million dollar player option that I'm sure he will pick up. But Ilya Sova, if they are looking for cap space or in traded deals, he could be waived. Um, we see that sometimes when we get the when he gets opportunities, when say Yanni would be out. Ilyasova would start, and he'd put up okay numbers, even at age 33. He averaged 6 and 5 with 47% shooting and 83 from the line. So he's a really, really strong free throw shooter. He never provides defensive numbers, but he's a good three-point shooter. In his uh, starts this year, there was eight of them. He averaged 11 and 8. They're good numbers. So if he was starting for any sort of long period of time, you'd be okay with that. He shot 56% during those starts as well. But he's just not going to get that level of playing time. 0.4 Raptor, negative 0.4 PIPM. You're pretty solid as a reserve player. Kyle Korver, 292nd ranked player. We know what Korver is. He hits threes. He did it at 42% again. He does nothing else. Again, a player that was probably overplayed, I think, during the playoffs. 12 minutes a night, one and a half threes. I just didn't think he needed to be out there. I think what he was giving up defensively was more than he was providing offensively. He is... Forty years of age in a couple of months as well, so of course, you know he's not going to get any better as we move forward. He's an unrestricted free agent. I think they might bring him back, but I'm not convinced of what his role is going to be. He played 17 minutes a night and averaged seven points with 1.7 threes. Um, next up is Wes Matthews, a 299th ranked player, 1.71 PIPM and 1.3. Raptor is strong, but he, for fantasy he does nothing. 24 minutes a night, seven points. 0.6 steals, 2.5 rebounds, 1.6 threes, and sub 40% shooting. Now he is a strong defender. That's what he does. That's why you see his impact numbers being as good as they are. But for fantasy, he offers nothing more than being a desperation three-point streamer, and there are plenty more options that you can find that provide better value than that. He just turned 34 as well, so he's not super young. I think he can be a solid enough rotation player for one more year. Um, but he's never going to get big minutes. He is a $2.7 million player option, which I imagine he declines. And then yeah, perhaps the Bucks bring him back for a $5, dollars million a year deal. Um, and if they don't, they have DiVincenzo that can slide into that role. But I think he's pretty valuable as a defense-only low usage player in that starting lineup. It's just never going to be anything that's useful for fantasy. Next up is Frank Mason, who we didn't see much in the regular season or playing for the big team. Only nine games, 13 minutes a night for Mason. He played two games in the playoffs, just junk time there. But what he did in the G League was really impressive. A G League PRPM of 3.96. He's a restricted free agent, and his numbers were amazing. 25 points per game in the G League. 43% from three, 50% from the field. He hit over three threes a game. He averaged five assists and one steal. He did so much for Wisconsin in the G League with his scoring. It was unbelievable. Whether that can translate back into the NBA, I'm not certain of it. He's only 5'11", so that's really a concern with his size. He's 26 as well. But if he had to jump in and take on a George Hill backup point guard role, I think you'd feel relatively confident about him being able to fill in spot minutes there and provide some offensive burst off the bench. Unbelievable season in the G League. Never going to be a starting caliber NBA player, but at least a rotation guy. I think he's rehabilitated himself into being that. Sterling Brown, I thought Brown had a real chance to be a rotation, quality sixth, seventh man in the NBA. It's really dropped off for him. He's 25 years of age. He played 14 or 15 minutes a night and averaged five points on 37% shooting. One of the things I was interested with Brown in his NBA career was if he could be a really good defender and shooter, and he hasn't really turned into either of those things. 0.6 steals for Sterling, negative 1.8 PIPM on 49% true shooting, pretty rough numbers. And Brown is a restricted free agent. I don't think teams are going to be clamoring to get him in on a big role. So I think the the hopes of Sterling Brown being a solid rotation player are probably done. Robin Lopez, really disappointing from Lopez. Um, A $5 million player option, which I think he'll pick up. He was a 366th ranked player with really horrible advanced numbers, negative 2.9 Raptor. Um, Playing behind his brother, he played just 14 minutes a night, five points and 0.7 blocks on 49% shooting, and also 53 from the line. That's terrible. He offers very, very little at this point at his age. Um, Maybe he's a block streamer in really desperate circumstances, but really not too much more than that. Thanasis Antetokounmpo. Um, Antetokounmpo was the 483rd ranked player for this team, he is 28 years of age. He averaged six points per game. He didn't really do too much at all. He only played two G League games as well. We had 17 points there. Um, it feels like it is a favor to the Bucks for him to be there. He's the worst of the Antetokounmpo brothers. Uh, to me, there really isn't any hope for him in um, it to be an NBA rotation caliber player. The last player we talk about is DJ Wilson, who really disappointing. Negative 3.62 PIPM, negative 6.8 Raptor. That's pretty rough from him. Um, 452nd ranked player. He's got one year to go on his rookie deal. Um, average 9.8 minutes, 3.6 points. I thought he showed something the year before, and then he was just completely pushed out of the rotation with guys like Williams and Ilya Sova and Lopez getting those minutes. Um, I'm not giving up on DJ Wilson. We only got five G League games from him, but 19 and nine with two blocks and shot 38% from three after being a 46% G League shooter the year before. These are in limited games, of course, but I am not giving up on DJ Wilson being someone who, if he goes to another team, has some value. He's 24, despite having three NBA years. And again, I thought he was really, really strong before they brought over Nikola Mirotic and had Ersan Ilyasova take his minutes for the Bucs the year before, I thought he provided some good value and could develop into maybe a starting caliber player. He is absolutely at a low, low point in value and you're not expecting huge things. But if he had a top 200 season at some point in the NBA, I wouldn't say I'd be completely stunned. I wouldn't expect it, but I wouldn't say that I would be completely stunned. So it just, he's in a tough situation at the moment and he absolutely regressed this season in those games that he played, 37 games, 10 minutes. He had a true shooting of just... um, 48%. 48%. So he really did regress. But he's a guy that can can hit the three, I think, a little bit, can block some shots, and, and can be an okay defensive presence. But realistically, he's got a long way to go. I'm just not completely extinguishing hope for DJ Wilson. That'll do it for the Milwaukee Bucks and for the season review series tomorrow. Mock draft time, and then we're into the NBA draft full on. After that, subscribe, guys. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. Leave a comment down below. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.